0: Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Merrick, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the I Work For Him podcast. Martha and I recently were interviewed by Oz Hillman from Marketplace Leaders, marketplaceleaders.org. We're going to play that interview today
2: for today's podcast. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, welcome everybody to this week's TGIF at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have Jim and Martha Brangenberg with me today and known them for several years, and they have a radio show called I Work for Him. And uh, Jim, Martha, good to see you guys. Thanks, Oz. Great to see you. Good to be here. Jim's one of the great uh, promoters of faith and work uh, that we have in the whole movement, and uh, it's been great to know him over the years. And he has even a great testimony about TGIF, and, but today we're going to talk about a new initiative that they are pioneering, and uh, b- before we get into that, I want uh, Jim and Martha to kind of give me a little history on how they came to have a real awakening about this whole idea of integration of faith and work. Uh, what, what year did that start? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a good question. It's a good question. It started when we were 40, but it really started. Martha and I both committed our lives to full-time Christian ministry as 13-year-olds at a youth conference that we were at together three years before we met. And we both thought that that meant well, we were going to be working in a church one day or working on the mission field one day. Mm-hmm. And when we met, then we both got four-year business degrees. And then I enrolled in seminary because we made this commitment to full-time Christian ministry and the Lord just roadblock, roadblock, not going to do that. You're not going to seminary. But it was, there was nobody that could put that language together that we both had a call to entrepreneurialism. Martha grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I did not, but I had it. I have been had an o- businesses since I was a little kid. And so we didn't have a language to put with it. And it wasn't until we were 40 years old when I ran into your devotional. It was the very first time I'd ever heard anybody say that my work mattered to God, that I didn't have to be a church pastor or an overseas missionary to be in ministry. That in fact, as a manager, at that point in time, I had 26 people. As a manager, I was a pastor. That my work as an IT guy with an insurance background and an administrative background that that stuff all mattered to God, so this all started happening about fifteen years ago. Mm.
2: And uh, how, what what changed for you uh, in in that revelation?
3: Well, I think a lot of things. You know, we <laughs> the world. We, you know, one of the things that we um, fortunately did not. Um, struggled too much with was living with a a ton of regret because we knew that we had still run our businesses with integrity. We had still taken good care of our employees. You know, we had done the biblical things. We just didn't really embrace the understanding that it was ministry. And so, Jim and I both are the kind of people that once we learn something, we want other people to know it too. We want to share that with them. And so teaching is really, you know, over the years, Jim's taught Sunday school, I've led ladies groups and things like that for the purpose of teaching. But then God started saying, okay, this is what you can share with people. You had this big aha moment or this big aha journey of understanding our, our connection of our faith and our everyday work. Share that with other people. So, Ultimately, that led to God saying, uh, "You need to you need to have a talk show to talk about this." Because at that point, there really wasn't much conversation happening around that. We do know for a fact that the Holy Spirit was stirring that same idea in a lot of people, um, through you know, here reading your devotional through, just Holy Spirit saying, "Okay, there's more. There's more in what you're doing in your work. There is a purpose in it." And um, but then it ultimately led to us having the platform to be able to tell other people's stories and to highlight what God is doing in the workspace.
2: Yeah. Now, were you guys in radio before you started? I work for Him radio show. <laughs>
3: No, no. <laughs> we just like to talk, yeah. <laughs> right? I've always, liked to, I've always liked to
1: talk. In fact, both of us in, in, in elementary school got in trouble for talking on our report cards <laughs> the whole way through. So uh, no, Oz, I've got an IT background with a, a commercial insurance expertise, uh, and we sold used cars for 15 years. Martha's got those same backgrounds, plus she did Christian retail for a decade. So no, it was never on our bucket list. Nobody had ever said, boy, I'd like to be on the radio one day. I wanted to be a TV weather guy but not on the radio, talking about faith and work.
3: But again, it's one of those things where God used, like in Jim's career, he had to ask a lot of questions. For insurance, you're always asking, well, what about this thing? What about, what do you have in that shed? What are you insuring in that business? You know, and uncovering things. And we really feel like between that and the time that we spent leading a a small group church um, for young adult married couples, that um, God really just was preparing a lot of that spontaneous conversation, asking the tough questions, um, engaging people in conversation. So, all of that was preparation for where we are today, whether we knew it or not. That and my level of
1: frustration, Oz, grew. It it, it just bubbled up within me because after I realized that my work mattered to God, and that, that meant that everybody's work mattered to God, I started to look to the church the four walls church for a solution we're, you know we say we're discipling people but we're not we're discipling people to do ministry within the four walls of the church we're not discipling people to do ministry with outside of the four walls of the church the remainder of their lives the other 167 hours and and i i ran into people who were christians quote unquote christians out there in the marketplace yet everything about the way they were doing business I shake their shoulders and say, "Please don't tell people you know Jesus if you're going to act that way."
2: <laughs> and so this yeah, back in the back in the early '90s uh, and mid '90s, you know, it, the joke was uh, because it was more or less the gospel of salvation as it related to work. You know, business leaders had not learned to apply their faith in how they did business. It was more about evangelism, so their character was. In question, and many people would say, "Well, I'll never do business with a Christian," you know. And yeah. that, that was, boy, that hurt my heart to hear that. But uh, it was reality. And then later, we began to see, you know, organizations birthing to help us understand that how to how to do business, how to do banking, how to sell cars, you know, from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, give us a scope of uh, what. Uh, I Work For Him looks like now, the, the scope of the things that you're doing uh, and how often you're on the air and so forth?
3: So I'll I'll start and then okay. you can kind of right. fill in the blanks if anything I forget. So one thing we do on a daily basis is we have something called the I Work For Him Power Thought, and that is played on hundreds of stations across the country on the radio, and then we share it digitally on all of our social media platforms. And that's just a one-minute... Here, let's start our day focusing something about our work and the Bible and how God you know, has some expect- something for us for today and how we're p- changing our perspective on that. Um, and then we do weekly shows that are fresh, that are um, along the lines of whether we're interviewing somebody who's written a book or an organization that has risen up to help disciple workers um or people with stories about what in their work how has God transformed their work or using them in a way that could be an example for other people to really challenge and inspire people not to just make them feel guilty that they're not doing it but to think you know what could I be doing differently if I change my perspective in my workplace
1: so we do uh, we you know we used to do radio 5 days a week and we found that the Christian talk radio was it wasn't as effective as we needed it to be. So we really pushed digital. Uh, and so this, of course, in 2020, we went all digital, both um, podcasts. If, starting in May, we did all our podcasts, both audio and video. But in 2021, not only are we going to release three books for the everyday believer, that's a new thing for us. You're the guy that writes books. I do not ever want to be like Oz Hillman. I don't want to write books, but God <laughs> said, you need to write books. So we wrote, we wrote three books to three different groups of people, one, the everyday believer that's at work. We call that one. I work for him one for the everyday Christian working woman called she works for him because the faith and work movement, as you know, has largely uh, not met the needs of Christian working women. And the final one is something that, you know, even you haven't written about yet uh, is I retire for him. How do we get the 30 million Christ followers who have already retired to make sure that they realize that their calling doesn't die when they retire. Mm -hmm. It goes all the way to the end of life. And what does, what does that look like? Because we desperately need people of retirement age to invest in the next generations. As you so well know we desperately need it. So we're just trying to produce all kinds of things to encourage that everyday believer. We don't focus specifically on business owners and leaders, although we interview a lot of them. But one of the things we realized as I kept saying, we wanted to be a collaborative ministry and all of our books, we had 53 contributors to all of our books. Our shows have always been about other ministries and and people written great books um, and people's stories. I kept saying, Lord, what does collaboration look like? How do we make, how does, how do we get collaboration to work in the kingdom of God, specifically in the faith and work movement, which, which we're all playing in. And he goes, Jim, you need to demonstrate it because I couldn't find an example. And so we just, we've used our platform as a collaborative platform But I wanted to take it further. I just really felt like when I went out to listen, look for voices to speak to me as a business owner, as a business guy, I had a hard time finding podcasts. And so I said, let's put them all in one place. Let's put all of the Faith and Work podcasts in one place so that it's super easy. So when somebody says Faith and Work podcast, they pull up the Awaken Podcast Network where there's 115 voices, or there will be by the end of the day, 115 voices speaking- And growing. And growing every day, because there's lots of them we don't even know of yet. So many people with so many different perspectives on what does it look like to live out your faith and your work. We found over 25 voices specifically speaking into Christian working women, uh, which is really fun for us. And so we decided to pull out the Awakened Podcast Network. We're also rolling out a couple of other new podcasts. Oz, I Retire For Him. And she works for him because we know that there's a need to build collaborative platforms in both of those worlds. And that's what we plan on using them for. So we're, we're busy,
2: yet we're trying to focus on what's great. Awesome. Well, before we get too far, I want to the people to know how to connect to what you're doing daily. Give them out the website where they can hear some of the content that you're putting out every day.
3: Sure, you can find all of our social media links and everything on iWorkforhim dot com. That's I work, the number 4 him dot com. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the first page, you'll see all of our links to go Everywhere where we're posting, because one of the things that I know is that, you know, some people like to watch things on YouTube. Some people like to listen to things. Some people want to read. So we have all of those different options available, and you can find all the links there. But pretty much everywhere we are is I work the number for him. So we try to keep it very simple.
2: And uh, give out the website again for the new podcast uh, initiative
1: awakenpodcastnetwork.com awakenpodcastnetwork.com and they can also access that on iworkforhim.com but eventually it'll spin off on its own website uh, but it is literally a flexible web application that attaches to our website can be its own website but can attach to your website too just so that we can make these voices m- m- more well, i was almost said more well heard how about this uh, <laughs> wow okay Better accessible, more accessible more for everybody out there. Easily accessible. More easily. That's I, exactly my right. My rented lips, the contract just ran out in the middle of the show. <laughs> were you surprised at how many there were out there? You know, I, I told people, I said, I bet there's two or 300. When I started, before I even started counting, I said, I bet there's two or 300. Because, Oz, when, when I first got introduced to your daily devotional back in 2006, there was a couple hundred known faith and work ministries today there's so many, we can't even count anymore. There's over 3,000. They're, they're, they're popping up all over the country. One-off little ministries. It's amazing. So based on the fact that there's probably 3,000 or more faith and work ministries, I'm guessing there's three or 400 faith and work podcasts. I just haven't found them all yet. So
3: yeah, I would say it's probably a yes or no, you know, answer because oh, sorry, yes, in the sense that it it's amazing to see how many people, have um, have a voice that God's God's given them um, some expertise in a certain area. That's one of the things we really like and that All our right. platform allows for is that we can tell you what they're focusing on. So if they focus, uh, maybe there's somebody in government um that we have it broken out that way, so that other people in government can go, "Oh, I want to hear how somebody's living that out," I, you know, and following that way and incorporating their faith in what they're doing. So, um, so I think it's it's surprising to see how, in a very short amount of time, podcasting has just you know, become more and more prevalent. But at the same time, we know there's a lot more out there. So one of the things that we are very open to is if people say, hey, either I have a podcast I'd love for you to consider putting on the network or here's one I listen to that, you know, I think should be a part of it. People can reach us reach us on our um, website, iworkforhim.com on the contact page. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you and also hear what your recommendations are.
1: So awakenpodcastnetwork.com.
2: Yeah. As you're talking, I'm going back into my memory bank, Uh, 1998, where we started the International Coalition of Workplace Ministries, ICWM.net. And uh, we had annual events where leaders came together. We published a directory that had over 2,000 listings in it worldwide. And uh, we thought that was going to be an association. But uh, when we really talked to everybody, they weren't really looking for that at that time. Uh, they just wanted the fellowship and just get together and, and kind of learn from each other and so forth, but they didn't want to formalize it. And so I stuck with that for about five years and uh, stepped away from that. And But others had picked up the mantle, and uh, there's another uh, initiative similar to that. Uh, what's the name of it, Jim? Jim? Uh, International Faith and Work uh, Association. The Something. National Association National
3: of Faith and Work.
2: National Faith and Work.
1: Yes. The National Faith yeah. and Work Association, yes. right. And it's loosely fitted. Uh, there's what, what I what we're seeing across the country, Oz, is there's, um, you know, first in the last 15 years, we see God bubble up and, and put in people's hearts. You need to start figuring out what it means to connect your faith and your work. And he starts rising up all these ministries all over the place because people are just trying to figure out what you guys figured out 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So that, that's all bubbling up, but at the same time, there's this mass move for collaboration where believers are finally being, they're hearing the voice of God to what Jesus said in, in John 17, 21. Hey, I, I'm hoping that they'll be one as you and I are one, Father, so then they'll know that you sent me. I, you know, I haven't, you can't, you have to look back 1700 years when the church was actually one, acting as one. And I believe that God is really raising up a time now where the movements of God will not be about an individual name or organization, but about the movement of the Holy Spirit and, and the unity that he brings. Hey listeners, one of the huge projects Martha and I have been working on for years is making it easy for every workplace believer to find all the voices speaking encouragement and equipping into the faith and work movement. Presenting the Awakened Podcast Network online at awakenpodcastnetwork.com With over 130 different podcast voices speaking truth into you, the workplace believer, including over 30 podcasts dedicated to Christian working women. Go online to awakenpodcastnetwork.com. That's awakenpodcastnetwork.com
2: Jim and Martha, what uh, have you seen change in the last 10 years as it relates to faith and work?
0: Hmm.
3: Well, I think that, um, again, that there's just this desire for people in general, the everyday worker, to know that their work matters. And so they've been seeking out, and because the internet makes it so um, that we can search for anything, and then you add in the fact that so much of our life is virtual right now, it's a prime time for people to really be finding the resources, finding ways to connect, and really... Get the questions answered. You know that they've maybe struggled with and going why Why do I work every day? And is there more to it? And and really seeing the desire to be a good steward of the gifts, talents, and abilities. So I think for the everyday worker, there's been a lot of awakening. And um, you know that's part of like our awakened podcast network is just this whole idea of awakening to the idea and then being fed with biblical truths.
1: I I remember Oz when I first got your emails from my buddy, my buddy, Bob, who lived in Atlanta, who got your devotionals, you forwarded them on to me. I'm like, I exploded inside. I'm like, holy smokes, for 20 (laughs) years, I could have been operating as, with the calling of ministry on my heart, I could have been doing that for 20 years, 20 years. And so what's been really unusual in the last 10 years, Oz, is the fact that there are the next generation of pastors, the millennial pastors, they get this already, the integration of faith and work. I see that almost categorically, that they understand whole life discipleship. I also, well, in the last 10 years, made to flourish. The discipling of pastors that really are older than millennials and helping them understand that whole connection of faith and work and that work is from God and that workship, Avada, <laughs> is is a word um, that that to understand. So I see God... Shaping our minds to back to understand things that we understood as a body of Christ 1,700 years ago, but we somehow forgot it.
2: Yeah, yeah you kind of slipped that in, Made to Flourish is a ministry that's uh, designed just for pastors to help them understand how to integrate this message. I find that it's very, very difficult for pastors to understand what we're really talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it might be good for us to kind of explain that in case their pastor is looking on and I think the biggest thing is helping uh, the men and women in the pew understand that their work life is a holy calling from God based on Colossians 3:23 whatever you do do unto the Lord it's the Lord Christ you are serving and therein is your inheritance and it you know so many times uh, men and women in the pew, are viewed simply there to write a check or to volunteer for some type of ministry inside the church. Mm -hmm. Those two things are important, but that is uh, not tapping into the great resource that they have in their body. And they have a tremendous responsibility to equip those people because they have the ability to transform culture. Mm -hmm. And I think if pastors can get a hold of that, it can change everything. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it, but it's a subtle thing that uh, many pastors have done, just don't know how to do that. Oh,
1: but and I think right. but I think we know the reason for that. The seminaries weren't teaching that. The seminaries, you know, I, I interviewed one of the uh, I think the seminary president from Fuller Seminary a few years ago, and he said, Jim, we no longer let our pastors graduate with an MDiv; they have to have an MBA at the same time because they need to understand organization. But one of the things that we, the seminaries have been teaching pastors to build a little K kingdom. Hey, get a church, grow a big. We should have been teaching pastors to grow a man, to build a manufacturing plant.
3: And that's really the the full circle to the made to flourish is helping with that. And one of the things I love so much about this conversation, Oz, is the fact that it's very simple. If I'm sitting in the pew and the pastor's preaching about the fertile soil, How does that apply to Monday morning? You know, just taking it one more step and saying, okay, here's, you know, if we're talking about um, sharing the gospel and where it's going to land, how does that apply to my coworkers, to my customers? You know, it's not a... It doesn't have to be this big theological discussion, in my opinion, to start implementing that and to start feeding into the workers that are sitting in the pews. So I hope people hear that because I don't think it has to be like, I have to change everything I'm doing about my church. That's not it at all. But apply it. Help us to apply it other than, you know, Monday night visitation and Saturday morning volunteering. How do I use it? over the water cooler per se and make sense of the gospel.
1: About three years ago, we interviewed Oz, a, a guy that was an air conditioning mechanic. And here in Florida, you know that that's an essential service because <laughs> it's hot here. And he had been a pulpit pastor for, a, for 25 years. And he said to us, he goes, Jim and Martha, as a pulpit pastor, I thought I was in ministry. But now that I'm an air conditioning mechanic, I have more opportunities to minister to people, share my faith, to lead people to Christ than I ever did as a pulpit pastor, Mm -hmm. because I was always within the four walls of the church. And now I'm out in the community where the lost and hopeless people really are. And I think it's that paradigm shift. This is not a dig on pastors because we need pastors to equip us, to teach us that wisdom is incredible, but we need to be equipped and taught in order to how to put it into action Monday morning. And I think that's the shift we've seen in the last
2: decade. You know, our mutual friend, Doug Spada, uh, has some great quotes uh, recently. He, he came out with a book called Monday Morning Atheist, mm. which is challenging uh, believers to bring their faith from Sunday to Monday. But he also made a question in an interview where he said, what if God thinks the church Monday through Friday is more important than the church on Sunday?
0: Ooh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, you know, it brought back to me the remembrance of, um, you know, what Jesus really did. He recruited 12 from the workplace. All of his activity was in the workplace. Uh, he didn't take people into the synagogue to get healed uh, or saved. Mm-hmm. He he His activity was there with the people. And uh, that was his life. And so, you know, in Acts chapter five, it says the uh, this, the disciples, uh, the apostles, did many miraculous signs in the public colonnade where the people could see them, and so that's uh, just evidence of. We don't think about that uh, many times. That that was the way uh, Jesus operated, and and Paul operated too. Mm-hmm. Day by day, he he preached in the marketplace. It says so. Well, what I think for- that's what I was. Gonna say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: I, that's why I think one the greatest thing behind COVID-19 is that God used COVID-19 to extricate the church from the building. Mm. This has been a horrible time around the globe with millions and millions of people dying. But the one positive outcome I've already seen is that it's extricated the church from the building and re-infiltrated the community with the church. It's going to mm. take time to, to, to make a notice, but I think that that's one really positive thing. Now, once we can actually see each other and hug each other, it'd be a lot better. But yes,
2: mm, that's good.
1: Well, it's the Awakening Network. Awaken, the Awakening podcast. awaken podcast network. No ing. Awakenpodcastnetwork dot com.
2: Awaken right.
1: Yes. Prepare to be awakened to your to what God has for you and your work. Awaken Podcast Network. The whole purpose: unlocking God's purpose for you and your work. The Awakened Podcast Network.
2: And I work for Him, so. Take advantage of both those resources. You know, there's, you know, nowadays you just don't have any excuse for not being equipped. So um, thanks for all you guys are doing, and uh, we will see you in the next uh, next session. <laughs> thanks, Oz. Awesome. Thank you. God bless. You've
1: been listening to I Work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for Him. him.